0: Welcome to the Chickasha Chamber Chatter podcast, the only podcast that takes you behind the scenes of small businesses right here in Chickasha, Oklahoma. And now here is your host, Whitney Palisano, membership director of the Chickasha Chamber. Thank you for joining us today for episode 10 of our second season of the Chickasha Chamber Chatter podcast. I'm Whitney Palisano, membership director at the Chickasha Chamber of Commerce. We are really excited to sit down with Chris Mosley today, mayor for the city of Chickasha, and talk about all the things that are happening in Chickasha in regards to city government and all the things that make Chickasha a city on the move. Before we get started, I wanna say thank you to our sponsors, First National Bank and Trust Company and Hillary without further ado, we'll get started. Thank you for joining us today for our 10th episode of the Chickasha Chamber Chatter podcast. We are sitting down with a Chickasha city mayor Chris Mosley and we're gonna talk um, about all things city and uh, learn a little bit more about our mayor thank you so much for joining us today Chris
1: well thanks Whitney I'm glad to be here
0: yeah so we're super excited to talk uh, to you following the state of the city luncheon that we had you shared a lot of really great um, information about things that are going on in town but um, I'd like to start by learning a little bit more about you and your family and your origins here in Chickasha
1: okay Well, I was uh, born and raised in Chickasha, as as my brother was also, and uh, our family moved to Chickasha about 1944, uh, up from the Rush Springs area. Uh, Actually, we're from the Bailey area, which is just east of there. But we moved here uh, when my grandfather got a job in Chickasha. In fact, he once was the chamber president uh, many years ago, back in the early 50s. He uh, was elected county superintendent, and that brought us here. So anyway, uh, I moved, graduated from high school in 83, and then went to college at Oklahoma Christian and graduated from there in 87 with an accounting degree. And I worked at Oklahoma City for a short time. Then I moved to Houston, Texas, lived there for a few years, and then moved to Boulder, Colorado for about a year and uh, worked up there. And I traveled extensively uh, the last two years I was working for a hazardous waste company, that um, if you want to have any type of family, it's just be really difficult because I was gone a week or two at a time. Um, and it's just lots of travel. And when close travel, it was, you know, east side, east coast, west coast. So it's, it's very busy travel. Um, so, we moved back here to uh, have a family, raise kids, and boy, well, we really liked being here.
0: Good. Well, and I mean, you settled into the family business, yes. correct? Yeah. Uh, can you tell us a little bit more about what you do outside of being the mayor?
1: Okay. Well, we have uh, Mosley Insurance, and my wife is a broker of the Century 21 franchise. And my grandfather started the company in 1952. So, this is our 70th year that we've been in operation.
0: Congratulations.
1: Thank you. And uh, my youngest son, Cooper, has joined the agency about two years ago. So he's the fourth generation that's working there. And uh, he's now uh, the Festival of Light president. So yes. he's jumped back into it. And uh, uh, he's actually a second generation because I served on the board initially with the festival. And now he's on the board and, like I said, president of it. And he's gearing up for his first uh, 30th anniversary with the Festival of Light this year. So it's exciting to see. The festival is actually older than him. Right. Yeah. So uh, I bet going back, I, we have an insurance agency in real estate. Um, I enjoy yard work and being outdoors. And, and I like volunteering and meeting people. And it's just a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, always up for a good conversation when you chat with Chris Mosley. But your family, as you mentioned with Cooper, um, has a long history here in Chickasha, but also with the Festival of Light. Can you tell us a little bit more about what part you played in the Festival of Light and its origins?
1: I did not make the very first meeting of the festival. I was gone out of town uh, on a weekend. They spoke, uh, a gentleman from Texas uh, came up and spoke at our chamber banquet, and they talked about the lights they put in their downtown community. And so within a week, the, a group of individuals thought, well, maybe we can pull something like that off here. And we that was back in February, and they formed an organization. Uh, I didn't get on the board until the second year. Uh, so in that first year, they got together. Then um, I got involved uh, with uh, Patty Rogstad bending rebar to make elements. And so we had individuals, you know, putting uh, the wire in, in the ground for the the park for the electrical. Everybody had their own little part a role to take. And so I'd go and work a Tuesdays and Thursday evenings and Saturday mornings, uh, bending rebar in the shape of Santa Claus or snowmen or whatever it may be. Yeah. And uh, some were little, some were big, but that's what we did for I did for, gosh, about three or four years doing that just to build the elements. And to the point where my boys were three and four years of age and they'd be on their bicycles riding around on Patty's shop floor while I was bending the metal. I'd take them with me. And uh, when they got to be in kindergarten, Kyle was in kindergarten, Susan, my wife, would bring him to me in the afternoon and he'd help me put the extension cords out. And then when Cooper reached of age, he got to <laughs> do the same thing also. So I've always, they've, my boys have always been around it. Uh, but my role was initially helping make the elements. Then I did the extension cords. And then starting in around 2015, 15 or 16, uh, our agency uh, started putting the lights on the walking bridge. Mm-hmm. And that is a, a daunting task. It uh, is. There's about 72,000 lights on it. Uh, so you do the math, there's 70 lights a strands. So there's a bunch of strands mm-hmm. out there. And I have, there's a group of us, about 10 or 15 of us that will get it done pretty quick.
0: And uh, I mean, what a testament to your history with the Festival of Light. Uh, The bridge is obviously a staple for the festival it's one of our um, grandest attractions the best photo opportunity there Um, so we really appreciate your contributions to the festival of light and that your family is keeping the tradition going with cooper um, being a huge part of the festival in the 30th season this year Um, Another great thing that we have uh, here with the chamber in the city of Chickasha is Leadership Chickasha. Yes. Um, You're a graduate of Leadership Chickasha. Can you tell us a little bit more about your experience with Leadership Chickasha and how you feel that helped you grow into the public servant you are today?
1: Well, I always had interest in, you know, being involved. I was always looking for something to do. Um, And it's easier to do in a smaller town because you you get to, you you know, all different walks of life of people you know, in different social economics. I mean, you just know everybody because, you know, they're your friends, your classmates, that type of stuff growing up. But on the, today, the Leadership Chickasha is, I think it's a much better program than when I had it. Of course, I did it in 1996. So mm-hmm. it's a long time ago. Sure. Uh, today, it's much more involved. Um, I'm really very impressed with it. You know, I've gone through it. My brother's gone through it. Uh, my wife has gone through it and Cooper's gone through it. Mm-hmm. And, what I like about the Leadership Chickasha, you get to meet the different facets of the government and the different facets of the community and what all roles they play together to make it work.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Was the So right now with our Leadership Chickasha program, we have one full day session. I believe it was an evening session before. It was. It was at night. So you guys did that in the evenings. Can you tell us a little about, about how long you would spend since it was an evening class and and how that worked?
1: I remember it would start, I want to say like 5 or 5.30 in the evening, go to about 9 o'clock. Okay. And so I'd go straight from work to to Leadership Chickasha and didn't have, you know, the ropes course or things mm-hmm. like that. It was, um, they'd have come, people come and speak to you. So we met at the ballroom at USAO uh-huh. and they would um, come and present to us. And I remember being at USAO and they were talking about the internet
0: <laughs> yeah. and
1: uh, so this is 96. And so, um, you know, not much, It was not hardly even dial up right. at that point. And you were able to Google, uh, well, excuse me, wrong term. I was able to search.
0: Ask Jeeves? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs>
1: Before that. Uh, but you could look things up and, uh, but no pictures, right. just verbiage. Sure. And so it was, you know, things have changed. Quite a bit. Now. Yeah, yeah, it's really, really changed. But that's one thing that really sticks in my mind is doing that one yeah. I, I was amazed on how much information you could find so quickly. Mm-hmm. And now, you know, it's just you know totally changed.
0: Can't live without it now, no, right? You can't. Yeah, can't. It's important. Like, and like
1: I said, I use Google, which is actually the you know, platform, that as a term for looking something up. Yeah, just that's Google right.
0: It. Yep, you just Google it. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. Hillary Communications, your local solution for internet, phone, and TV. For services for in your area, click the link in our bio. So it's a lot of great information about your history and the different things that you've done here in Chickasha. Um, but now you're the mayor of Chickasha, yep. and this is what term for you?
1: This is my third term.
0: Third term, okay. And um, so According to my notes, you've served on city council and mayor for at least six years, if not more. Um, is there anything that you're most proud of when it comes to the progress that we've made or you've made?
1: The first couple of years, you're just really trying to figure it out. And so I was on council from 05 to 09. And council is one thing, it's when you become mayor, you're a little bit more involved because you're dealing with the city manager all the time. Mm-hmm. and. In my situation I've been the interim city manager now twice. Right. So cumulative over a year of mm-hmm. uh, the total months together. You really get to see the day-to-day operations and I think that's what makes our council so good right now is I'm very open with my discussion to them about operations. Now I don't discuss personnel that's that's a totally different subject. Um, but in the operations so I immediately started having work sessions on our finances and that started in uh, around March of 21 because I felt they needed to see where we were heading and it and in very good light. And I was very concerned about the, the, the health condition of the city of Chickasha. And we had to make some you know, pretty drastic changes. You know, we've, we've had to change the water rates. Nobody likes to do it, nobody wants to do it. But we, we went to a, a time where um, the citizens had voted where they, the citizens controlled the rates. And so we went almost 20 years without really increasing anything. Mm-hmm. Well, we're now supplementing our water with sales tax dollars. Well, the sales tax dollars really need to be driven to support your fire, your police, your street departments, uh, items like that. So if you're supplementing your money for those options to pay your water bill, now those other get ignored. Sure. And so then we start, our infrastructure starts decaying. And so this last couple of years, starting in March of twenty-one, we started taking a hard look at our finances, and we started making some changes. We're doing auditing of water bills, uh, trash bills right now, going through each one to make sure everybody's correct. Sometimes the art the city's benefit, sometimes the citizens benefit, but we're checking every one. There's seven, about seven thousand of them. So it takes a while to go through all of these. Our revenue is increasing. So we want to do a water a water rate increase, but we're trying to wait until we knew exactly what our revenue was going to be before we adjusted the rate because we didn't want to charge too much. Sure. So we'd rather be right where we're supposed to be, wait a little bit and be where we're supposed to be. And so we were losing uh, millions of dollars a year on water. And so we've made that change um, to cover the water cost we had a 33% rate increase on our raw water use, raw water line from Fort Cobb. Mm-hmm. And so we're now um, trying but that rate helps offset that large increase. We're helping to fund our depreciation, which is like repairs. But now the, the, the rate increase we have is about $13.75. It's really going back to projects. In February of 21, we had that cold snap. And that's when it became apparent that our water system distribution system did not work very well because we had trouble filling towers. Mm-hmm. And it's because we have valves that are frozen and not because of temperature, they've just seized up. We weren't performing pro- proper maintenance on them, which means you have to exercise the valves. You open and close them on a routine basis to make sure they still move. Mm-hmm. So we know we have 17 of those valves to replace. They're two to $3,000 a piece. And they take about three to four days to replace each one. So it's quite a bit of manpower to do it, but they're scattered throughout town. And what that is, water's designed to move in a circle. It never stops, it should never stop in a pipe. Well, when you have discoloration, that means the water's not flowing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So we also have, we have a valve somewhere that's not open, that's not allowing that water to continue to move. And that's why they open the hydrants to let that water escape. Sure. So it gets the color out or the, or the smell out or the taste out. So if people do have a problem with it, get on a request tracker, Right, yeah. on the website and say you got discolored water that immediately gets to go to public works they dispatch uh, USW our water contractor they'll go fuscial hydrants for us so it's important to know as quickly as possible each time it happens we can uh, basically map out an area where we know we have another problem Sure. so we have like 17 of those valves we're replacing we got 26 fire hydrants that aren't working uh, that we know have got to be replaced and some we find by accident and usually that's at a bad time. Then we also have, um, there's right around 30 patching jobs of concrete we gotta get done this year. Mm-hmm. All that totals about $1.2 million, these projects. And so that $13.75 covers that 1.2 million. So I know I've got a revenue stream now I can safely do the work uh, hiring the correct people or the correct subcontractor contractor to make those changes. We're also, um, you know, the golden goose is, uh, the golden egg from the goose is street signs. So we did order street signs back in August. Uh, When they'll be here, I'm not quite sure. Sure. My public works director can tell me. Um, And we'll start that process of replacing those ones that are faded out you have to be able to read a street sign.
0: Yes, I completely agree. And you brought up a great point, which is the request tracker that's on mm-hmm. the City of Chickasaw website. Yep. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Um, what a great asset for our community to be able to report problems. Um, Even I think, attach a photo. Right, so uh, I think Kimmy Loggins brought it up to our Leadership Chickasaw mm-hmm. class in session one. Um, the city only has so many employees but the city has a ton of citizens that you're the eyes and ears of the city. Um, And so a lot of times the city doesn't know there's a problem until somebody tells them that it's there. Um, So we'll put the link to the uh, request tracker in our show notes so that people have access to that and you can go on and report issues that are Mm -hmm. happening on your own streets um, or with your water or things like that. Um, You brought up another a couple of other great things that I wanna touch on. Which would be um, how you've been the interim city manager twice now um, (laughs) for a couple of stints uh, here of late. And so we do have a new city manager coming. Can you tell us a little bit more about him and when he'll be starting?
1: Yeah. Keith Johnson, he will be here November the 7th. It's his first day. And so we have a council meeting that day. Um, He... He graduated with a county mm-hmm. degree from Boise State, he's from Idaho, okay. and uh, went, attended the University of Colorado and received his Juris Doctorate, so he's an attorney also. Well, he was hired in 1995 by the State of Oklahoma to be the controller of the State of Oklahoma for Frank Keating. So from 95 to 99, he was in Oklahoma, and then in 99, he was hired to be the Assistant Comptroller for the State of Idaho, so he went home, and where he stayed for eight years uh, four years as an assistant, four years as the comptroller of the state of Idaho. Okay. He then ran for Congress at that point and was not successful. But um, he was then hired by Oracle and worked in their public division. Okay. Dealing with governmental entities and such. And then he was hired and he worked there for about seven years, hired by a, a county in Washington State, and he's been there for the last eight years. And so he's looking to move back. And I asked, you know, what, why why here? And there's a couple of really good reasons. One, he wanted to be somewhere where he can affect people. Yeah. So he's a, well, he's at the county level. He has 270 employees, uh, dealt with mobile, uh, seven labor unions. Uh, so he's got, they did fire, they did police, they did everything. The services they provide out in the county were pretty extensive. So he, he liked to be somewhere where he's a little closer to the people. Where he he makes a decision, he sees an immediate impact with it. So they're very excited about being moving back to Oklahoma from where they were, you know, almost 30 years ago. So they're glad to be coming back. He said the exact words where it feels like it's homecoming. Good. So they're very excited about being here. Uh, We're really looking forward to having him here um, just because of his experience in the past and his education. will be a big asset
0: for us. Sure, absolutely. Um, what would you say the top three priorities for the city, the new city manager will be moving into 2023?
1: Uh, we'll be looking at, of uh, course, continuing on the stabilization of revenue for the city of Chickasha to make sure we have, we're covering our expenses. The next is we'll be looking at, um, there is a OWRC, Oklahoma Water Resource Board, uh, OWRB. Um, we have a $6 million loan with them a potential of a loan and that's used for drainage well we did a drainage study that we approved in february of 21 that is a 12 million dollar project and so this could fund half of it we're now looking to see how much of that is forgivable because we think there may be more forgivable or maybe possibly all of it yeah so that's the part we'll definitely attack first uh which would be those high areas that flood that will start the work the engineering and the work on that so hopefully in the next three or four years we'll get that resolved or improved we also will be uh, we're working with Guernsey we have that master uh, plan that's coming up right now that right we're working with the citizens the community on and they should be here shortly we'll have an idea of where they're gonna be in within Chickasha asking people their thoughts of Chickasha but it also includes the, the drainage study our street study that we've done uh, and combining all that together so that's something he'll have to oversee uh, that project And then we also have a water treatment plant part of our dealing working with the deq uh they want us to move the clear wells of our water treatment plant because they're right next to the flood floodway and so we need to but our problem another problem is our plant is aging out right it's beyond its life expectancy so we need to move the plant to an area away from the flood and there's there's some property adjacent to us we'll be working with the property owners um here shortly on acquiring about 10 or 15 acres to put a new plant there. I don't want to move too far away from its old location because there's a retention pond there right. that has about a three-day water supply. So I if I move it, I lose the ability to use that pond.
0: Sure.
1: And plus it'll cut down on our cost of pipeline. Because we know we're gonna to have to replace pipeline also. Uh, but that water treatment plant in, in 2015 was estimated $35 million to replace. It's going to be more like 70000000 million, I'm guessing, with inflation and sure. the way things are right now. And a water line is about, if you acquire the easements for that line, it's about a million dollars a mile. Wow. So we're looking at you a know, $100 million project.
0: Sure. Which is,
1: so now with that, I've talked to uh, Senator Langford's office about assistance. Sure. I've also met with the Chickasaws about the same project also. I've also met with the Chickasaws about helping us find an alternative water source besides Fort Cobb. The Conservatory for Cobb has asked us to see if there's a way that we can blend another water in with our lake water, because they're concerned about the life expectancy of the lake. And now, the life expectancy is more than I'll ever be alive.
0: Which so, is good news. Right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so we're
1: talking about, you know, 50 years. They're doing at 50 years out. And so I expect our growth to be increasing more over the next 50 years. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm really not planning on being 107, but you know, you, you never know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> But the Chickasaws are helping us with that to anchor or solidify another water source so we can blend that together to make sure we have plenty of water for multiple generations to come.
0: Absolutely. And the Chickasaw Nation is obviously a wonderful partner here at the Chamber for the city. um, And we're incredibly grateful for their partnership. So um, we've talked a lot about... uh, pretty pretty serious stuff yeah. at the city so let's talk about some more fun things okay. um, we've talked a lot about the water um, and so speaking of water or maybe drinkability um, HTO is coming into town yeah. and I see that um, some dirt work is starting can you tell us any more about that project and What's going on there? Yeah,
1: They're preparing the bore right now, which is going to go underneath highway 81. That was the delay was waiting in the state of Oklahoma. And then they had HTO had to line up some projects, the contractor did get done first before they could be here. Mm-hmm. And so they'll bore under, they will uh, run a new line underneath high 81. Uh, it's a $90,000 project to do that. And so HTO was paying 60,000 of it and we are only have to pay 30, which is Great. a yeah. good deal. We also applied for a CDBG grant and the Community Development Block Grant.
0: There we go. Okay.
1: And so that is, uh, we're extending a loop through the east side of town. And what that is, those lines over there, it's part of the oldest part of town there. Um, and so those new lines will provide flow and capacity. And so that's a $370,000, $80,000 project, in which the grant pays half of it. Mm-hmm. So we'll be get half that paid for by a federal grant. So, and we have the money set aside for this project. So a lot of it could be ARPA money, ARPA funds that we have right now. Um, you know, we, we signed a lease out at, um, so that's going to be coming pretty soon, the, the HDO. Yeah. Of course, you have the South Grand uh, work going on, the Woodlands Edition. Yes. We also have, you know, Red Bud is, there's three homes started there now. Uh, there's also Tail, which are, which is at 29th and Grand.
0: Oh, okay. Yeah.
1: Another neighborhood there. They have a small commercial area and it's at the South it's the southeast corner of 29th and Grand. Okay. So you have the area around the pond would be the commercial area. And then on the back side of that is all residential. It's about 120, 130 homes. And they're ranging anywhere from 250 to 350 in, in price, what they're looking for. You have to be able to stair-step uh, your homes. You need the entry-level homes. You get the mid-level. Then you have some that may want more than that. Right. Which one like the red by. With Shadow Valley, you have, we're... They're issuing like 25 permits at a time. Well, each home that's permitted, it's already sold.
0: Right, which is great.
1: So those things are filling up very quickly. We have no inventory of homes for sale. There's hardly any inventory for rentals. So I'm looking, we're already seeing the population growth now. Our sales tax are the highest they've ever been, even backing out inflation. Right. So we're in a good spot. The hotel-motel tax is recovered from uh, COVID. Right. We're having the highest months we've had now. Um, And, of course, if you back out inflation, we're still ahead. And that's, you know, thanks to the fairgrounds going on, the sports complex. Um, and, oh, one thing we're doing with the sports complex, before I forget, uh, with my role at USAO, you know, I, I drive past the baseball fields and softball fields every day. Mm-hmm. And I look at the beautiful green grass. And I thought to myself, man, it would be great if our sports complex could look Yeah,
0: like <laughs> yes.
1: And so I called Mike Ross, the athletic director, and I wanted to know what the baseball boys were doing during the summertime. Because mm-hmm. I thought that would be great labor to help – careful fields, absolutely and he says well most of them were gone and that kind of developed into hey did you know we have a sports management program because i was opening up hey if you want to have more tournaments here they mm-hmm. had a big tournament last february right a collegiate one well they're playing another one now with like 25 teams coming up
0: wow yeah for
1: softball i said you know if you want to at the complex we can work something out sure and so with the sports management program we're looking to get students from usao to come to the complex They help run it, oversee it, host their own tournaments, um, where we can do a revenue share. Goes to our athletic department, comes to the city coffers, I think it's a win-win. USAO is excited about it. I addressed it with the state board of regents, uh, chancellor, and the rest of the regents in Oklahoma City about three weeks ago. Uh, They approved of it, so we're moving forward. I meet with them this next week uh, to keep pushing on and finish that project up, hopefully get it running by the... January
0: yeah I mean another great thing to touch on is our the university that's here. It's yes. a huge asset and it's always exciting to see the city and the university working together to foster that relationship so you're partnering with the university on uh, the sports management what is your relationship with the university outside of just being the mayor
1: well I was appointed to the board the Board of Regents it was kind of like a board of directors in 2012 mm-hmm. and and uh, this year I'm the chairman of uh, the Board of Regents. And so uh, we you know, meet on a regular basis out at USAO and we set agendas on the direction we're heading and we're doing a merger uh, with academics and with administration with Redlands Community College now. Oh, great, yeah. That is taking place right now. Uh, we'll, we'll save money on administra- administration for both sides. It gives their students an avenue to a four-year university. It also gives some of their um, students or uh, trades, and so we can mix in with our business side of it so we can provide new accounting and business degrees uh, associated with their trade so they could be more successful in being like a sole proprietor or running their own business. Uh, so those are some things that have taken place this last year uh, with USAO, probably in the last five months, four months.
0: We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsors. First National Bank and Trust Company, providing all your local banking needs. Be sure to check out their mobile banking app and their Smart Money Scholarship Program. Follow the link in bio for more information. There's a lot of exciting work going on at the airport as well. We have the annual fly-in, which is a huge success this it year. Yeah. And we have more momentum happening.
1: We do. Uh, we have a ninety ten grant, which means uh, we 10% match uh, federal funds to build 10 T-hangers. Uh, we already have the concrete uh, pad poured for it, uh, or I should say the the uh, taxiway. Mm-hmm. And then we're also building three 80 by 80 hangars. Uh, two, the city will build off a of grant program, 70-30, so we have to pay 30% mm-hmm. of that. And then we have an individual that's building his own 80 by 80 hangar, okay. put his own aircraft in there. So we're making, um, there'll be a lot of development there. We know there's a lot of demand for hangar space and an uh, airport is no different than Highway 81 or Highway 62 or I-44. It's a different way of entering our city.
0: Sure. So
1: And it's a different buyer or different person that comes in that way. And so we're opening that up to make sure we can get that good traffic uh, coming in. There's some other development that's looking to take place there. I can't discuss yet. So there's a lot of great things. We've got an industrial prospect looking at our airport now, and I feel that's going to happen in the next 12 months. So it's there's a lot of good things taking place.
0: Yes, it's super exciting news here um, that our airport is growing. And be sure to follow the City of Chickasha on Facebook to stay up to date on all things happening On the city level
1: i do have one other thing i also want to add on there the Oklahoma municipal league is it's kind of like the association for uh, city governments Mm -hmm. and i applied for uh, the mayor's conference for 2023 and we were successful with the bid so in the second or third week of june there'll be about 100 mayors here in hotel rooms, and we'll be able to showcase Chickasha. And we, we, I uh, included in that group the the chamber, the EDC, USAO, uh, Canadian Valley Technology Center, and the fairgrounds, because so, it, it's it's going to take all of us to pull this thing off. Absolutely. And so I'm really excited about that coming up. So we'll have you know a couple hundred people here that we can really show off Chickasha.
0: Very exciting things. Uh, well, I think of anything that we've learned um, in our t- uh, conversation today with Chris is that. There's a lot of very positive momentum moving forward for Chickasha. Um, You mentioned the housing market, which is uh, constantly full and, and needing to be replenished, which is a, a great sign of growth. Chickasha is the place to be. And i think, I think so. and i think the surrounding areas are catching on to that as well um so i think i think this all ties really well into our uh theme for this year here at the chamber which was a city on the move that was the, the theme for our community guide this year
1: you just gotta go back and take a look you know i was elected in april of 18 and um like the downtown development mm-hmm. and i was looking at the financials you know i did i was an accountant for years before coming back. And so I, I like numbers and numbers are easy to me. And so I was looking at these numbers and we had this large amount of money sitting in an account. They only be used for a very specific purpose. And that was economic development. And some of that was infrastructure for economic development. And that's where the downtown grant came from. I'd saw the money sitting there asking when, when was it touched? It hadn't been, mm-hmm. and it's been in there since that first tax was in 2005. The second tax was 2011. So for seven years, we hadn't really touched it, and so I, we—I was hoping it originally started off as a two-for-one grant, and then became a three-for-one grant. But the beauty of it is, I, from the math I did just a few weeks ago, the city's paid out five hundred seventy-two thousand dollars of the two point seven, mm-hmm. and that five seventy-two there's been over three million dollars of private investment. So really, it's over a five-to-one match. So I'm really excited on the success it's had. That's why when those funds started, or promised out, was getting close to being completed, I wanted to put more into it again. Now we'll have to be very careful because it only leaves us with some other might over for other opportunities, but you have to focus in one location to begin with. If you spread it out, you won't see much difference. If you focus in one spot, you'll see the impact and everything will kind of vibrate off of there. Sure. So that's why the downtown was being selected first because we can make the biggest bang at that point. And I think, compared to 18 to today, I think it's been a huge difference. Absolutely. And so we got we got two or three other things coming in now, um, but there's rather more development pushing farther to the west on Chickasha Avenue. I think that's a very exciting time to be around here.
0: It sure is. Um, it's definitely a different town than it was five years ago, 10 years ago, yeah. all of that, and it continues to grow. Um, and I know all of us here at the chamber are just happy to be a part of it. Um, and we're super excited to have a mayor that is excited to be a part of it as well <laughs> and, and been such a catalyst for that um, so thank you Chris for chatting with us today sure. um, I hope we have answered a lot of um, our patrons questions and um, we will put additional information in our show notes if you have other questions or concerns and um, how you can get those solved here sounds, at the city sounds great all right thank you Chris you bet you Wendy. That was a really fun conversation with Chris that we had today. I hope you learned a lot about the positive change that is happening in Chickasha and get to hear a little bit more from our public servants that really have a heart for our community. As a city there are several obstacles to overcome but I hope today that you learn that we are moving in a positive direction on making Chickasha the best place to live and raise a family that we possibly can. If you'd like additional information about the things that are happening in our city, uh, please check our show notes for additional links to the City of Chickasha website and their Facebook page so you can stay up to date on current events. As we close, I'd like to say thank you again to First National Bank and Trust Company and Hillary for being sponsors of our podcast and we'll see you again next month.